This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. I love you so much. You know, when I left Canada and came to Africa so many years ago, I left all my family behind. But look at the family God has given us. Please sit down. Two weeks ago on Father's Day, Pastor Tom asked me to minister on fathers. And the service ran a little long, and so I cut off some of the message. And Pastor Tom phoned. He was watching online, and he phoned right through, and he said, I want you to finish that. Beloved, we are living in an age where we need fathers. We're living in an age when we need fathers to step up to the plate and be fathers. We're living in a perilous time when we run to our heavenly father, but we need someone there, a flesh that we can grab a hold of, a real father with us. So today I want to finish that message on Father's Day. I cut off, I preached on five fathers and I cut a bit off each one and so I'm going to add a those pieces back on. I hope that you'll open up your heart. I hope that the word of God will speak to you. There's people here that God has put on my heart in a way that I've never had put on my heart before. I had talked to so many people after that message, probably around 30. And as they relayed their stories, some about fathers, some about husbands, some about different things. The weight of what they had told me has been weighing heavily on me for two weeks because I knew that Pastor Tom wanted me to finish that message today. So if I get emotional, please bear with me. When you're hurt, I'm hurt. And when you're blessed, I'm blessed. And the Bible says that's what we are to each other. We mourn with those who are hurt. We hurt with those who are hurt. And we bless with those who are blessed. And so I felt some of those hurts. And I carried them in my heart. And yet I want those hurts to leave me because I want them to leave you. I want you to be healed from those hurts. So that we just share our blessings one with another. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, this morning for your Holy Spirit. And as Pastor Bonnie's song says, Holy Spirit, without you we can do nothing. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you will be the one that penetrates hearts today, that you will take your word and that you will make it real and alive. And Lord, you will accomplish that which we are looking for today, and that is healing, healing, healing of hurting souls. In Jesus' name, amen. The five fathers that I mentioned for Father's Day, first of all is the love of our Heavenly Father. The second one was an earthly father who adopts children. And I covered that extensively with my own story. And then the Heavenly Father who adopts us, 
And then our spiritual father, Pastor Tom and his wife, Pastor Bonnie. So I want to just go back and touch on each of those before I do the second half of it. Our Heavenly Father, first scripture, John 3, 16, how well we know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but be saved. The love of God is mentioned 306 times in the word of God and all in every expression of love was love towards us or that God is love or that love is the most important thing there is. And I've come to the conclusion that the very essence of God is love. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He loved us when we were still in sin. He loved us unconditionally. He loves us everlastingly. Jeremiah 3, 31, 3 says, I have loved them, you, with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. I want you to understand the depth of the love of God. What can do to turn his love away? Back when you were a sinner and you didn't love God and you didn't care about, I don't believe in God and you just cursed him or whatever you did, God still loved you through all of that. While you were a sinner, God loved you. How can someone love me when I'm a sinner? That's unconditional love. God loves us unconditionally. There is nothing you can do to make God love you more. You might think I'm the best guy in this church. It means nothing. The word of God says your righteousness is as filthy rags. He doesn't love your righteousness. He loves you. Despite of who you are, despite of what you do, despite of what you say, despite of how you act, he loves you. He gave his only begotten son for you. I've got 25 sons throughout my life. I wouldn't give one of them for you. I'm just being honest. Even if I really, really, really loved you, I still wouldn't give up one of my sons. Can you understand that depth of love? that he would take his only begotten son and let him die in your place to cover your sins, to pay for your sins because he loved you. Now you can pay for your own sins if you want to. It'll cost you eternity in hell if that's the way you want to go, then you pay them. Go to hell. But that's not his will. That's not his love. He loves you the way you are the way he made you. You are beautiful. I was at the gym with my boys yesterday and there was a young man there and he spent more time looking in the mirror than he did on the weights. <laughs> he would lift a few weights. And right this close to the mirror, full length mirror. Do a little bit of exercise and step back and check every... 
He loved himself. But you know something? God still loves him more than anything in this world. <laughs> God loves him. And he doesn't even care how many times he looks in the mirror. He loves you. The way you are. Now, all of us have something about ourselves we don't like. Like, I don't like the fact that when you get old, your nose and your ears keep growing. And mine keeps getting bigger. Have you ever noticed old men with huge ears? That's because... If you didn't know it, your eyes, I mean, your nose and your ears keep growing. And I look in there and I say, whew, look at my picture when I graduated. I had little ears. Pretty soon I'm going to be an elephant. <laughs> but God loves me with my big nose and my big ears. Do you know that he loves you because he loves you? He unconditionally loves you. I just want to bring that back. Listen, uh, this is how much he loves you. Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any creature Nothing is ever able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. Nothing, nothing can separate us. Now, if that apostle was alive today, he would have written it a bit differently. I think he would have written this. For I am persuaded that rising food prices, no a plunge, nor plunging bond notes, nor fuel shortages, nor failing economy, nor anything this world can do will ever be able to separate me from God's loving kindness and his loving provision for me. <laughs> Nothing can separate us. I took a degree in human behavior and uh, I did a thesis and that's part of the information that I use in, when, in our parenting courses. But some of the things that really are important as far as love is concerned. Do you know there's power in a smile? Power in a smile. We were having lunch yesterday, the boys and I, and this young waiter came up with the biggest smile on his face you ever saw and smiled us and said, hello. And do you know that our meal was better? Just the power of a smile. And the power of a compliment. Just telling someone, may you look nice today. Do you know that's powerful? It goes into their heart. And the power of a hug. On Father's Day, so many came up just to get a hug from a father image because there's power in that hug and, and there's power in laughter. And Pastor Tom knows this because what does he say? A look, a touch, and a word. He doesn't mean you look like this <laughs> you smile. And you touch, and you shake hands, and you hug. And then you give a word, and it isn't, Verily I say unto you, the Lord saith, you are going to be a missionary to China. <laughs> if you're afraid that's the kind of word he means, that's not what he means. It means 
Good to see you today. How are you? Did you have a blessed week? Are you okay? You look great. And just in memory of my pastor, I miss him so much. Just in memory of him, look at your neighbor and smile. Go ahead. A nice smile. Now a touch. And how about a compliment? How about a word? Pastor Tom, thank you for that. We love you dearly. Do that in remembrance of Pastor Tom. Unconditional love. Love that is easy to give. Secondly, we covered in last week was unconditional forgiveness. God forgives us unconditionally. He wipes the the slate clean. He forgives no matter what it is we have done. You cannot do anything that is so bad that you cannot be forgiven. Do you know that? Nothing you can do is so bad that he will not forgive you. And when he forgives you, it's unconditional forgiveness. Forgiveness that has washed us white as snow, cleanses us completely. It's called grace in the scripture. I call it love in advance, forgiveness in advance. I unconditionally love my sons and I unconditionally forgive them in advance. If they break something, smash the glass tea kettle when they put it too close to the tap or something, they can come and say, Dad, sorry, I broke your tea kettle. I said, oh, it's only a tea kettle. Why do we not forgive easily? Why don't we forgive unconditionally? So I had covered those two last time, but now we're going to take it to the step further. The scripture says in Psalms, our sins are removed from us, as far as the east is from the west, and he remembers them no more. He remembers them no more. God is forgetful. He chooses, chooses to remember them no more, to forgive us, and he made a decision, I'm not going to remember it anymore. Now, that's unconditional love and unconditional forgiveness. Now, we don't understand either one of those. We don't understand unconditional love at all. Our love is all conditional. If you meet my conditions, I love you. I mentioned last time that marriages are 50% in the church and in the world. Except the world aren't getting married anymore. They just go straight to living together because they're going straight to divorce. Skip the cost of the divorce. But in the church, 50%. 50% of couples who stood here, and Pastor Tom prayed and blessed them, and we're going to love until the day we die. But conditions. She didn't do that, he didn't do this, he didn't do that, he didn't do this. 
All of our love is conditional. The love for our relatives is conditional. Some we like and some we avoid because the ones we like met our conditions and the ones that didn't, we avoid. Our friendships are all conditional. There are people we are friendly with because they met our conditions and there's those that we don't want to be friends with. They don't meet our conditions. There's workmates at work we speak to and we drink coffee with and there's others like, no, they don't meet our conditions. Don't you see that our whole life is governed by conditions that we have placed and God wants us to love unconditionally. He does not want us to love with conditions. God says, this is why I know he wants you to love unconditionally. Love your enemies. Ooh, that's a condition. Hmm. Love those who despitefully use you. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love those who hate you. Now you can only do that without conditions. If you put conditions there, you won't you can't love them. You won't be able to love them because it's a condition, but God has no conditions. You just love those who hate you. Oh, but you don't know what they did to me. That's a condition. Love those who hate you without any conditions on what you're doing. Now, husbands, love your wives unconditionally. Husbands, love your wives Wives, love your husbands unconditionally. This is a big one. This is why 50% of the marriages fail. That's why 50% of the people are divorced. Because they don't love each other unconditionally. You know, in the two weeks since I spoke last time, and I have a lot of young people in my life, I decided to talk to some of the young people. And I would ask them, what are you looking for in a wife? Now, this is the truth. This is, I'm telling you the actual truth. This is what they told me. <laughs> Every one of the young guys I talked to. Well, she has to look like, oh, wait a minute. I didn't ask you what she's going to look like. What are you expecting in a wife? Oh, no, pretty and built. And I said, not looks. What are you expecting in a wife? And my guys are laughing because they were there when I asked a young man. Well, she has to cook. She has to be able to cook. And she has to be able to clean the house. And she has to be able to do the dishes. And she has to be able to do the laundry and do the ironing. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. I am not lying to you. I have two witnesses right here. <laughs> Yesterday we sat with a 22-year-old young man, and I asked, and he's here, and I asked him, what are you looking for in a wife? And he said the same thing. Well, she's got to cook, and she got to clean, and she got to do the laundry, and 
the ironing. And I said, what about the dishes? Yes, and she has to do the dishes. <laughs> Conditions. Conditions. And I said, but there has to be more than that. Oh, yeah, I would like to have a family. She, ha she has to have a baby, so she's going to feed the baby, and she's going to change the baby, and she's going to bath the baby, and she's going to care for the baby while she's doing the cooking, while she's doing the floor, while she's doing the dishes, while she's doing the ironing, while she's doing the laundry. Now she got a baby. Yeah, and I want more than one. One told me he wants ten. Isn't that true, boys? You heard that. And so she'll have one on her back, and she'll have one here, and she'll have one in her hand, but she still has to do the cooking. She still has to scrub the floor. She still has to do the dishes. She still has to do the laundry and the ironing, and that's my wife. Oh, give me a break. Oh, I made a note here. Let me look. Yes. Pastor Ray has got some beautiful little girls. Pastor Milton has got beautiful girls. Pastor Leslie, who usually sits here, he's got five girls. And Pastor Ray told us two Sunday nights ago that when he comes in the room, the, the girls come running into his arms. Daddy's here. Daddy's home. And he takes them in his arms and he said, yes, and, and one day you have to cook and you have to scrub the floor <laughs> and you have to do the dishes and you have to do the laundry and you have to do the ironing. Do you think that's what he's raising those girls for? Now, I want to talk to you guys who are hiding your faces out there. <laughs> if you want a woman to cook, scrub the floor, do the dishes, do the lining, do the ironing, please don't touch one of our girls in this church. <laughs> if that's as far as you can see into your future, Leave these girls alone. Amen, girls. Now, I've raised a lot of boys. This is what I teach my boys. First of all, you pray to make sure this girl is God's will. And then you ask her to pray to make sure that you're the right one for her. And then you love her unconditionally. And you ask her, what are your dreams? What are your aspirations? What do you want to be in life? What have you got in your future? What are you planning for your future? And then you be the solid rock in her life that she can build as a foundation. 
and you build her dreams and you build her aspirations and you let her be the woman God wanted her to be. You let her develop all the things that she had dreamed about and you will be the most blessed husband in the world. Because that's going to overflow onto you. And then I tell them, listen, Pastor Ray's little girl, let's say she's growing up now. Beautiful little, beautiful woman. Now God is going to trust you to take care of her. When you say, I do at that marriage, God is putting you in your hands and he's trusting you to take good care of her. I'm, I've said enough about the dishes. We have to live with unconditional forgiveness. Oh, I'll forgive if they apologize. It, if they make it right, I'll forgive, but I'll never forget. I'll forgive, but I'll never speak to them again. Now, I had about 30 people speak to me after... Unconditional love, unconditional forgiveness. And my heart is broken at the amount of people in this church who, are, who have been so deeply hurt. You cannot even, I couldn't have imagined. They say to me, Pastor Danny, you don't know what this guy has done to me. And when they tell me, I said, oh, sorry, I didn't know. I could never have imagined that people are, can be so hurt. There are people here today with hurts that are so deep that even the mention of a name that sounds like that guy cuts them to the core. They've been hurt so deeply that they won't even let their mind go there because it rakes it all up again. I had a conversation with one of my sisters, because we're all brothers and sisters, outside Bon Marche. Emmanuel, help Cisa, Chesterman. Here. here. Emmanuel, help her up the stairs. Mike, Cesar, just tell them what's on your heart. Shalom, church. Um, this is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Um, as Pastor Denny said, I met Pastor Denny and... Um, I just decided to share a bit about my life. Um, on the 16th of June, when he preached, this was like two weeks ago. It was actually 10 years since uh, my divorce. So I was literally married for two years. So you can imagine, as a young girl, you have to go through a divorce at a tender age, and society is looking at you. It's not like when you divorce, the world stops. The world continues, um, 
And one of the issues that came out of the, uh, on unconditional forgiveness and unconditional love, my ex-husband hurt me so bad and I had sworn, I'm sure a lot of ladies can relate, where you say, over my dead body, he's not going to see his child, <laughs> no matter what, because he has hurt me so bad. So I was in that situation and exactly 10 years, Pastor Danny decided to preach on unconditional love and unconditional forgiveness. How do you forgive someone who has humiliated you, someone who has put you through shame? Those that divorced can relate. It's like uh, you're in a shop, you're in ornament, you're bought, and then suddenly you're returned back to the shelf. That's exactly how I felt. So in terms of my self-worth, in terms of my self-value, I felt depreciated. So... Having to forgive, um, I'm not talking about forgiving in the sense of going back to him, but accepting that he's the father of my child was a bit, you know, very difficult for me. So when pastor was preaching, I was sitting next to my best friend. She's here with us today. So she's 26 years old, and um, when pastor Denny was preaching, she broke down. I didn't know she didn't have a relationship with her father. And seeing her breakdown, she's 26 years old, but she's thinking of the father she never had a chance to meet. Because, you know, as mothers, when it's illegal for my child to tell me in my face and say, I miss my dad, especially after everything I feel I've done for her. Because when we separated, my daughter was a year and a half, and I'm glad to say she's 13 years of age now, and for me to say, you know, every single mother in this house can relate to the fact, the sleepless nights, everything that you have to go through to look after this child. And certainly the man wants to waltz back into your life. So this is exactly what I was going through. And I got a revelation to say, you know what, I don't want my daughter to walk in church at 26 years of age just to hug a father figure because I've taken that away from her. So... So I want to talk to every mother who has been humiliated, who has been ashamed. You would relate, I would give an example. When I was married, I did not have single friends. I had married friends. And when you are divorced, you find yourself alone because the couples, you, you don't belong in the couple scene anymore. So I want to talk to every mother who's sitting here, who probably has gone through what I have, who is divorced, or who's not talking to the father of a child to say, you know what, the battle is not ours, it's the Lord's. Vengeance is not ours, it's the Lord's. Let's give our children a chance to be with their fathers. It hurts. I, you know, for me, my parents have been married for 46 years of age. Sorry, they've been married for 46 years. My brother has been married for 21 years. So when I said I was divorcing, you can imagine the shame that I allegedly brought to the family because I was the first divorcee in the clan. So I want to say, if you know somebody who's been divorced, instead of gossiping or judging them, pray for them. You don't know the, show, the burden that they are carrying. Thank you. Thank you. And she's forgiven. <laughs> and that little girl is going to be able to see her father. 
And another one came to me at pick and pay, and we went to the side, and she said, Pastor Danny, you don't know, and by the way, you don't know what he did to her. I couldn't even tell you. I could not even believe it. For a man to have done to a woman what that guy did to her, I can understand why it is so hard to forgive. But beloved, God is able to help you to forgive. And if you don't, that is going to eat at you and burn in your heart and wound you and all the time until you lay it down at the cross. And the one that pick and pay said, oh, but Pastor Danny, you don't know it. It, it, it. I'm living with it right now. You don't know how much it hurts. He's off with his new wife and his new kid, and he doesn't even give us five cents. He couldn't even care less if we eat. He couldn't care less if we have a place to stay. He couldn't care less if his children have anything to eat or not. And as I talked to him, I said, and, and what do you tell the children? He said, oh, they need to know what a rat he is. <laughs> they need to know that he doesn't care one bit whether they eat or whether they don't eat. And I thought, oh, my God, what are you doing to those kids? In 20 years, they'd be sitting in a church somewhere saying, my dad was a rat. He never cared for me. He didn't provide for me. He didn't want anything to do with me. And she'll have to come up here and go through inner healing because moms, don't poison your kids with the unforgiveness that you have. I know you're hurting. And I know they've done terrible things to you. And I know there's people here that are hurting. But you can be healed today. You can be healed today. You've got to learn to love unconditionally. No, you don't take him back. No, no, no. You don't take him back. I didn't say that. Didn't say get married to him again. You only make that mistake once. <laughs> and ladies, I'm, I'm getting in deep water here, but I had somebody made a comment to me once. There's a whole lot of single mothers at celebration. Like it was derogatory or something. And I said, yes, because there's a whole lot of rotten men who have treated them like dirt. And they ended up single with a child and it wasn't their fault. What about the idiot that did it? But that idiot has to be forgiven. Because you cannot let that carry down onto your children. Now, I don't talk much about my personal life. I have one brother. And one day, I found out I had a sister. When my father was 18 and his girlfriend was 17, she got pregnant he was in love. He signed the birth certificate on the child. John Curl was his name, the father, John Curl. And the 17-year-old's mother was married to some fool who pushed off and deserted her. So she was raising a child because the father had deserted her. 
And she kept telling her name is Gloria. Gloria, he's a rat. He's going to leave you. He's, not, he's, he's going to leave you stranded. Men are like that. This is all they want. And one day when my father, he was going to marry her as soon as she got 18. And he, his mom couldn't stop it. And my dad went to the house and it was empty. Gone. The mother had taken her daughter and the granddaughter and disappeared because she sowed into that girl the bitterness of her own situation and the unforgiveness that she had convinced the mother that my dad would do the same thing. And my dad searched the country looking for her, looking for his child, never ever found it. When she was 60 years old, she saw an article in the Toronto paper when I had adopted all those little kids. I told you they made me father of the year in my hometown. It was in the paper. And the father was John Curl. And Gloria was married now with children and grandchildren. And she said to her husband, oh, I'm a Curl. She was raised Curl. Her mother went by Mrs. Curl, although they were not married. She went by Gloria Curl because that was on the birth certificate. She said, maybe these people know my family because I've never had a family. And they only live 45 minutes away from my mom and dad. And so they went there and the old people's home pushed the buzzer. And that's how you get in the old people's homes. You, and and they answer, my mom answers the phone, yes, can I help you? He said, oh, no, my name is Gloria Curl and, and, and I'd like to talk to you if maybe we have some relatives in common. Oh, come up, come up. And they went in, sat down, and my mom and dad, and she said, my father was, my mother says my father was killed in the war. So I never had a father. And my father now is old. He forgot, he's forgotten from 17, 18 years old. And she said, but maybe we have some relatives in common. His name was John Andrew Curl. And my dad said, I'm John Andrew Curl. I wasn't killed in the war. <laughs> See, I looked for you. I searched the whole country for you. I wanted, I loved your mother. I wanted her as my wife. I wanted you as my child. But her mother took her off, and I've never found you. And at 60 years of age, the tears came pouring down her face. And she had a chance to get a father's hug that she has wanted for 60 years. Because one person's unforgiveness and bitterness sowed it into her life. Beloved, you cannot continue to live with all that hurt. There are people hurt by other things, too, not, not, not just that. Other things have hurt you. If you're here this morning and you're hurting, I believe today is the day when the Holy Spirit is going to reach down into your heart and is going to heal it. doesn't matter how bad it is. doesn't matter how wicked it is. doesn't matter how you were treated. I'm hurting for you. I, I, I really am. I just heard too many stories in the last two weeks. I, I look at, when I preach, I look at you, and you all look so beautiful and 
dressed so nicely, never could I have imagined the hurt that some of you are carrying. Beloved, let's end it today. Let's leave it today. Cisa's got a new lease on life. She's free. Yes, her little girl can see her dad, but she's free now. She laid that down. She laid that hurt down. She laid that unforgiveness down. Now she can walk into a relationship without the baggage that goes with the terrible way she was treated. And guys, if you ever treat anybody badly and they tell me, I'm going to send my Bible back to heaven and I'm going to use my knuckles. <laughs> if you can't love her, if you can't cherish her, if you can't be the foundation in her life that she can build a future with you, then please go to some other church. We love our girls here. And if you're here and you're divorced, we love you. We don't feel anything against you. We love you. You're our sister. You're our brother. The next section, but time is gone, is was going to be on the adoption. The word of God says we are adopted by our father. Adoption, God's eternal plan, God's purpose for creation. Before the foundation of the world, he saw you and he adopted you as his child. Ephesians 1, 4 and 5. Accordingly, I have chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that they should be holy and without blame before him in love. For number five, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ himself according to his good pleasure. The Bible dictionary describes adoption as the door by which you enter the family of God and you become a son and you become a daughter. When I adopted my boys, they are not adopted boys. They are adopted. They came through the door. Now they are sons, not adopted sons. They are sons in this house. It is their house. They live here. I am their dad. It is my pleasure to pour all the good things I can upon them and I love them to death and I do it. Because they are sons. And I heard some people say to their own sons, if you're going to live in this house, you're going to obey my rules or else. Say, no, boys. Nothing will ever take you out of my house. Nothing you can do will ever remove you from my home. And nothing will ever take you out of my heart because you are my son. And if I can feel like that as an earthly father, imagine how God feels as their heavenly father. Two minutes left and... Good for the last scripture. And this one I love. This comes after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Before the resurrection, Jesus was God's only begotten son. After the resurrection, his name was changed 
if you haven't realized that in your Bible. Romans 8, 29. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Jesus Christ, so that the suffering of him that may be glorified together, for whom, in Romans 29, for whom he did for no, he also predestinated, and who he conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn of many brethren. He went from God's only begotten son to the firstborn of our family. He's now got brothers and sisters. He's not only begotten son. He has brother Taz. He has sister Rutendo. He has Danny. He has you, brothers and sisters, and heirs to everything that God has lovingly kindly you're a child of God if you didn't have a father you couldn't have a better one than God you couldn't have a better one and this morning time is gone if you've been hurt and I don't mean just offended somebody stepped on your toe if you have a deep hurt right down in your soul that eats away at you, that rises up every once in a while, and you push it back down, and it rises up once in a while. Pastor Taz, please come up. Today is the day that God is going to heal you. He's going to pour his unconditional love on you, his forgiveness, and you are going to learn to love and forget. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.